You're listening to Startup Acquisition Stories, a podcast featuring the stories of startup founders and buyers who have successfully gone through an acquisition process using Acquire.com, the world's number one startup acquisition marketplace. To date, Acquire.com has helped thousands of startups get acquired and facilitated hundreds of millions in closed deal volume. Here's your host, Andrew Gostecki. All right, I'm here with JM. The founder of Studio, which was recently acquired. Jam, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Doing good. Thanks so much for uh, joining the podcast. But before we dive into the business and the acquisition story, do you want to just tell listeners, I mean, I know just your background and a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, so my name is Joan. I'm originally from Barcelona in Spain. Um, my background starts, professional background starts around 12 years ago, um, directly doing my first internship during college in a, in a startup. And I guess that's when the whole journey started of me being connected with entrepreneurship, being connected with startups, technology especially. After that, I moved uh, during five years um, uh, to, um, well, international mobility. So I was helping students to go and do internships abroad, do volunteering abroad. So this international aspect, which we'll be speaking later about the company I created, it's, it's very connected. Um, and after that, I was working during uh, four years and a half in LinkedIn. I uh, moved to Ireland. So I was working in sales in, in, in LinkedIn, which was a very powerful experience in terms, in terms of working in tech, knowing how to scale a business, knowing how to operate a business. So that was, um, you know, a bit of the, the, the my background in that perspective before starting my pure entrepreneurship journey, which uh, started a couple of years ago with another startup, which is not the one that we have sold recently, uh, which is called Educately. Still running it. I'm still the chief revenue officer of the company. We raised over $2 million and um, that one, I was still scaling it, a team of 50, uh, going very well. Um, and meanwhile, I, I launched together with one of my old friends from back from school and from university uh, in which we studied together in in the US in San Francisco in USF um, we started this small project which uh, was acquired and we'll speak about that but yeah that's a bit about me nice that's that's a great background now I'm wondering um, what would you say your biggest strength and biggest weaknesses as, as an entrepreneur oh I'm a sales guy. I've been 12 years doing sales. Uh, so my definitely my strength is, uh, is, is, is in sales as in, and in also in creating and developing stuff. Uh, I consider myself a creator um, and I'm always creating new stuff. I, I think it kind of reflected a lot in this journey um, of the startup that got acquired. Uh, and I'm in constant look for creating new stuff, developing new stuff, new ideas. So definitely that's my 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 strength and putting, uh, you know, the structure and the organization for, for scaling. Um, my weaknesses maybe sometimes is that I'm all over the place. You know, I'm doing too many things at a time, which at the moment is, is, it's okay because I'm living in Dubai. Um, I've been here for the last couple of years and I'm not surrounded by, by my friends. I'm not surrounded by my family. So kind of my 24 hours are focusing work i work from home so it's like very focusing and and doing business creating business running my business so you know it's like right now it's a good moment for that nice i i can relate to that except the part about being in dubai i've never never been there i need to visit but it's a fun experience <laughs> i'm gonna throw a hard question at you um what what's the biggest obstacle you've had to overcome what's like the biggest mistake you made on an entrepreneurial journey so, 
that's a tough one. Um, I made many mistakes, many mistakes. Um, and you know, like this last three, two, three years and in, in this journey, um, especially with my other startups, uh, which you know, we, we raised a, a pre-seed round and a seed round, we pivoted our business model more than four or five times. Um, and, and we had to take, you know, strong decisions for uh, for that pivoting. Um, and most of the I am the chief revenue officer, right? So I'm I'm in charge of you know developing the, the business model to scale the, the all from the like marketing sales absolutely everything uh, and i made a lot of mistakes on, on how to do it like now in the last year we've we've reached a quite scalable business but making those decisions and having to lay off a lot of people also because of my mistakes was something that is uh kind of i don't want to repeat anymore in my life um which was also due to the fact of raising capital right like raising over two million dollars have a lot of implications also and um maybe in the future if i create more startups which i will i would rather go to the bootstrapping and doing it myself rather than raising money um and having that's you know strong uh, metrics to be met constantly, and that big backpack backpacking your shoulder. That's it's you need to you know drive this journey. So yeah, a lot of difficult decisions, but that business modeling until we found what's the concrete one and the correct one that worked for us was a big struggle, to be honest. Yeah, nice. I can definitely resonate with the, the bootstrap or venture because I've I've done both. They- yeah, both come with pros and cons, but when you bootstrap, you keep all of your options open. You can grow yeah. at whatever pace you want. You can sell the business whenever you want. Absolutely. And even better, when you sell the business, you keep all the proceeds. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> so now I want to hear about uh, Studio. So what made you um, decide to build that product? Um, what problem was it solving? Um, do you want yeah. to just give an overview of that business? Yeah. Let, let me show you the story because it's uh, I think it's a nice story and together with my with my partner right like we like we are two 50 50 in this business uh, literally um so first of all about about the business what we created is basically an, an agency it's, it's nothing extremely disruptive it's an agency for helping students mainly from Africa to pursue their higher education in the US uh, completely financed um, so we were basically tackling and helping students that are brilliant and very talented, but didn't have the monetary resources to actually go and study abroad. Um, so what we did is partner with a lot of universities in the US and Canada and partnering with a couple of financial institutions that were going to help through student loans uh, for these students from, from Africa and some countries in Asia to pursue their master's degree, specifically in, in STEM, um, and basically changing the life of these students, right? Like we're sending students from, from Kenya, from Nigeria, from Pakistan, for example, to the US, to a master's in cybersecurity, to a master's in data science, and like uh, the, the jump in their lifestyle that they were getting after that is, is massive from a salary maybe that they were getting in Kenya or Nigeria of $300 per month to the salaries that you can get being a graduate in data science in, in the US. So the stories uh, are, are, are brilliant in that aspect and it's very rewarding what we build. But at the end, it's a very time-consuming business. And that's the journey that that we that we that we face, right? Like from the beginning being super time-consuming and then 
little by little, what we did with my partner is uh, kind of try to automatize the process as much as possible in order to scale it as much as possible. Um, so my partner comes more, more from a financial background. I come more from an education sales background. Um, so basically, he was working in an insurance company for the last five, six years. And I always knew that he was, you know, not liking his job anymore. He, he 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 wanted a change. He was wearing basically a suit and a tie every day, like being there from 8 a.m. in the morning until 8 p.m. He wanted to, you know, quit that and do something else. But he was telling me that for a while. And one day I go to him, it's like, look, I have this this idea. Why don't we create this? It's our own. We do what we want to do with it. We want to scale it. We scale it. We want to do it a side hustle with a side hustle. It's like Okay, my idea back then is, you know, let's do a side hustle, you continue your job, I continue my job, and that's it. And we invest a couple of hours in the afternoon. That was a Friday. On Monday, he calls me. He's like, uh, JM, I quit my job. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You quit, you quit your job. It's just it's just an idea now, man. There's there's nothing. He was like, you know, I cannot quit my job, man. I'm the founder of another company. He's like, yeah, don't worry. Like, well, I'm, I'm all in in this. Uh, you know, he was done with his previous job and uh, that put a lot of responsibility in my shoulders also for this needs to happen now, um, which was perfect and fantastic because he went all in. He was at the beginning doing 20, 30 calls with students. It, it blew up very fast. Um, so yeah, so, that's a bit of... So, so I got a question I'm dying to ask you. When did you realize you hit product market fit? Like, when did you get that moment where you're like, I'm on to something here? Uh, I'm going to tell you because it was... We we almost uh, die of success in that initial couple or three weeks. It was it was insane. So we we kind of wanted to run and create this very lean. Basically bought uh, a domain in GoDaddy for ten dollars. We got a Gmail account for five dollars. Yeah, gotta and, get gotta get the domain, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> super lean. Uh, and then I just invested one dollar a day in Facebook ads for two markets. So one for Kenya, one for Nigeria. That's all I invested. Um, and with that investment, like our calendars, because we created everything through HubSpot with, with the website, with uh, automation, the booking and the calendar directly for us. And we, we woke up one morning and the whole next week was completely full of meetings booked by students with maybe like my partner was having 20 meetings per day, one after the other. He's like, JM, we need to do something with this. I'm going to die. I cannot do 20 meetings per day, plus the follow-ups, plus helping them, plus everything. Um, so then we we cut ads. We sit down again saying, okay, well, this is not sustainable. Um, and we started building that automation in which we were qualifying the students throughout the journey and, and not us qualifying them directly with with a call and then only very qualified students spoke to to christian to my partner for running the the other post so it was pretty fast product market fit to be honest yeah nice i love how you validated the business though you know you ran a facebook campaign and it sounds like you got a, a lot of leads but some of them are unqualified and so you built a process you're only talking to yeah. qualified leads yeah 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 and you know and i was lucky enough because I, I know this industry pretty well so i was not starting from scratch i knew who i had to speak with for the partners for this for that so i was not you know coming from from zero um this agency business for international students it's, it's been there forever it's not I mean, it's been there for the last 20 years um but we brought 
that aspect of the financing, that aspect of a bit more techy, a bit more automation, a bit more self-serve for the students, um, which is something that the industry is not having. Um, still, it's not nothing disruptive, don't get me wrong, but um, you know that automation part really helped us for just being the two of us, actually one and a half, because I was counting half in that process. And, and we could have just continued uh, you know, scaling it up, we're just hiring five, 10 people in specific markets could very fast, like, you know, become a million dollar revenue business. I really like how you, you had the Facebook campaign, but you realized it wasn't financially sustainable. And then you quickly shut it down. A lot of entrepreneurs don't do that. You know, they see the leads coming in and, you know, you, you can waste a lot of time. And I've done this before personally, where, you know, yeah. you, you're getting a lot of leads and you think that's good, but what you're actually doing is number one, you're paying for the leads. And then two, you're reaching out to leads that aren't qualified. So that's time. So that also yeah. is a call. Um, so that's awesome. You were able to quickly adjust the go-to-market to to really make it work. And that was very fast. It was something like we posted for three, four days, and then we reactivated because uh, I, I just we sat, sat down, we got into a meeting of hours and hours of it, like we need to do something like automations, like what were the main reasons students are not qualified? Because they don't have a free GPA to qualify for that. They don't have a, uh, enough English language to pursue their masters. They don't have at least $2,000 to pay their flight tickets and like basic visa and stuff. So like it was pretty simple to automatically qualify for those specific blocks and just get the students that met all those criteria for doing the process, right? Because if you're going to do a, a discovery call with a student and then there's no English or there's no GPA now for this kind of stuff, just losing your time. So it's just kind of optimizing our time a bit more. That's it. Nice. Yeah, automation is, is crucial, especially when you're going to take the business and find a buyer and successfully get acquired. So and it's really interesting in that aspect like, of the story of the buyer. We will speak later about that because they are they are an AI company. So I'm very curious and we're seeing how they're plugging in AI into this model. I'm, I'm fascinated about what they are, they can do about it. That's awesome. So you'll get to watch that, that growth. Yeah. yeah. Actually, my partner is hired by them for three months in, in for the transition and stuff. And I'll be there as an advisor for the next six months or one year or so. So I'm, we're, we're still involved. That's awesome. You kind of get a front row seat at like AI being implemented into something you build. And it's something we, we spoke about with my co-founder, but we have no idea how to even start with it. Uh, so, you know, having someone that knows could be fantastic to be honest that's a really interesting just i'm getting a thought right now just you know acquisition opportunities where great products like yours strong product market fit happy paying customers uh but is there an opportunity to automate certain processes or make these yeah. more efficient with ai um yeah. so maybe i don't know the answer to that yet because it's so new but um more, yeah it's what you say like more traditional companies right it doesn't need to be nothing like more traditional companies that requires a lot of human interaction like this one it can be definitely automatized uh, and we we we're seeing that so it's it's nice i'm curious let's move on to the the good part i want to talk about the, the acquisition story um the most obviously i'm biased um but how did you find acquire.com and um what made you Man. decide to, to sell the business. You know what it was? It was uh, an Instagram app. That's how I found out about Acquire.com. Never heard about Acquire.com before. 
never even knew there was a platform in which you could list your startup and people would buy. You know, as so, I mean, I, I studied entrepreneurship and innovation in my in my bachelor's degree. But uh, you know, you you always come and even like having two years of experience creating and raising funds and everything. I always ask myself, how do you sell a business? How do you exit a business? And is it like you need to go to your main biggest competitor and get acquired only from? From that one so it was very uncertain for me so kind of you were the ones that were educating me in the, that process and that was that was mind-blowing right so I, I i entered the website super easy to sign up create so like i immediately called my partner talking hey there's there's this thing i know we didn't even consider about selling but why don't we list ourselves in the platform and you know see what happens so we create our profile that was 10 minutes with the basic stuff. Um, and we left it there. We left it there for for a month. Uh, we were getting NDAs, people interested, some questions here or there, but it was actually one month until we got uh, the letter of intent, uh, which was a big surprise. It surprised and like like a shot of adrenaline, incredible in what's, this is real. Christian, this is real. We were in the phone, like, how do we do this? How was going to happen? Like, no idea. So it was That's a awesome. journey. I was in your same shoes. You know, I had a previous startup and um, I tell this often, but a big part of the reason I started Acquire.com was because when I sold my first business, I had all these friends that called me like, what is due diligence? Like, what is legal? Like, how did you find the buyer? What is private equity? What is... I just thought to myself, I was like, man, there's all these books on everything but how to sell your company, marketing, sales, fundraising, a bunch of them right here. Um, yeah. but there's like three or three books out there on, on exits, um, maybe more, but, um, and it's, and it's something that in my perspective, every entrepreneur wants to live in their life, right? Like it's, it's kind of the, the goal for in a bigger scale or, or larger scale, hopefully a larger scale, of course. But for me it was living that experience of even like, it was not a money thing for me. It was more of shit. This is like, I built something which someone is buying it and it's going to scale it. And it was that same feeling as an entrepreneur, you know, more than the money and more than any other stuff. It's an accomplishment, man. So I want to dive into that more. So um, how did you prepare for the acquisition? It sounds like you just, you just listed it. You didn't have any supporting documents or anything like any sort of prep going to that the acquisition? Um, no, until, um, until the letter of intent. Once the letter of intent was, you know, it, it got serious, basically got serious. I built a data room, which I had experienced before from my fundraising experience of the seed round and pre-seed. I was like, maybe if I go with the data room, like when an Excel, like very specific sort of metrics is what we do, this, the cost is the projections. It gives more confidence to the buyer and it did. So that was my main kind of sales deck, pitch deck for, for selling it. Yeah. Well, well done, Jay. I can't even tell you like how many founders I see listing on a car.com and not having just some supporting documents. And that could yeah. be just an overview of the business. It can be yeah. frequently asked questions, just any sort of additional information you can give buyers because buyers are looking at so many different businesses. And so building out a whole data room, even from a high level, how does marketing work, how does support work, yeah. how does product work? It doesn't have to be anything proprietary. Just like, this is how we acquire customers. This is how, uh, there's how many support tickets we get, common questions. This is how we handle them. Yeah. So great job on that. So now I'm kind of wondering, okay, so you went live on acquire.com. Um, how many NDAs did you get? 
if I can ask. Where you got uh, LOI? I believe hundreds. I believe in, I don't know, like 80 to 100 maybe, a lot. Really? Damn. Yes, yes. yes. There was there was a lot of interest just with the NDAs to get a bit more information. Um, five, six questions, uh, which never got, after I answered, never got the second reply. Um, one informal conversation from a Canadian guy who... Um, connected me through LinkedIn directly. And then this one, that was the first real conversation I had. I think I was quite lucky in that aspect that the first person I seriously spoke with, you know, like we ended up the, the position, like going through amazing entrepreneur, um, amazing background, very young, uh, very ambitious. Like we connected very, very well since the beginning. So it's, it's everything about the relationship at the end. It's a sales process and you need to connect with that person at a personal level even for building that trust yeah you're really hitting on some good points like when you when you do go and sell your business you're selling your business like you have to sell your business you have to point out the good parts, also the bad parts too because some buyers will look at that as growth opportunities it sounds like and not having an ai component was a growth opportunity um but tell me a little bit more about the buyer um how did you land on him or her being um the right person to to move forward with so let me shout out to him this is amazing his name is david um he is from the us uh been living off his life there and you know like at the beginning like when he sent the letter of intent is like he's the the ceo of an ai company what would the why would an ai company be interested in in us Right. So in my mind was like, no idea how this fits. Um, because what, what they, what they do is, uh, it's, it's AI for education, for writing, uh, college essays, all this kind of stuff. Um, so after we had that conversation with him and stuff, like it, it made a lot of sense for them, both for implementing the AI in our process. But for utilizing all of their user base in another revenue pool, right? They they are um, making revenue of the students throughout their college experience. But once they are done with their bachelor's, they lose that subscription um, money from the students. So after that, monetizing one more of those students by helping them to find the the studies abroad was perfect because their their user base are not based in the US. They're based in Asia, in the Philippines, in Singapore, in Malaysia. So helping those students to go and study in the US after they graduate from their their bachelor. So it was it was it was fantastic how how that happened and he appointed the CEO to run that vertical of the business. Um amazing guy canadian doing fantastic uh, so it was a bit of, of the beginning we had a lot of conversations during that process the, the acquisition process lasted 40 days it was longer the acquisition process than actually the listing process itself yeah that's that's the part that you know isn't the funnest but you know you get that loi but i yeah. always tell it's not done it's not done. No, just starting no you still have to keep selling you still have to keep you know the faster you respond to a buyer the more confidence you give them the more you know uh, you know one uh, piece of advice i always give founders is make the data room and point out all the good stuff in your business because in uh due diligence if a buyer finds something that they just right. don't think something like that you've just shared a bunch of other items that might kind of cancel that out um but so tell me about um the due diligence process how you transferred assets um escrow how did how did that whole um acquisition process yeah, um i mean that 
during those 40 days, one month, 40 days, um, we faced a lot of ups and downs. At uh, the middle of it, I thought this was not going to, then next week, yes, then another week, no. Um, you know, I guess like now seeing it in retrospective, it was kind of the normal process, but once you're, you're inside, you're freaking out about everything that's going on. Um, at one point, we thought that we have shared too many things in the data room and that they could just build it by themselves and that's it uh, which was of course not like this uh, and uh, they're fantastic in that perspective uh, so the the, the escrow and the transfer assets and, and everything was pretty straightforward because at the end everything is done digitally everything is uh, through HubSpot everything is automated through their um, so that, was, that part was was pretty easy then the, the, the new CEO came into place and he's running uh, the stuff at this moment and Martin was an advisor I what I did also as part of the agreement was to contact all our providers um, because at the end we are not B2C but we're B2B we get the money from the universities and we get the money from the financial partners so the average deal size more or less is around four to five thousand dollars per student that we actually place abroad that's paid by the universities and by the financial partners so we had to sign new agreements with the new um you know the new the new company so i facilitated that process also throughout the first couple of weeks of acquisition and then my partner is still actually working there uh, as part of the agreement we signed that he was going to stay in um in studia uh, for three months um, just running things teaching the new CEO how to do everything and basically not to not to fall on the rocks that we fall which were a lot yeah. um, so I think that knowledge is one of the most important stuff why they acquired us uh, yeah you know tip there too and just kind of some perspective as a buyer you know really what you're always trying to do is de-risk the acquisition and a big part of it is you know, after you close, you know, there's always kind of something that comes up. You got a customer on a weird coupon plan. You got uh, some bug or that you don't know how to fix. So just having yeah. uh, like you and um, your other founder just available for simple questions like that can make all the difference in terms of, because again, when you go to sell a startup and get acquired, you want to make the buyer feel as comfortable as possible have them understand the business as much as possible. But then also there's a huge element of trust in terms of, you know, there's a quote, you can't do a good deal with um, a bad person. And so just having that small period of time for handover, really yeah. deep risk acquisition for the buyer so they don't get it and then break some thing they don't have anyone to go to um, so we see that almost in all of our acquisitions is some sort of you know transition period with the original founder and it's and it's something that we even propose it uh, because we we didn't want it to handle it's for a, something it's, it's a selling point you know like yeah absolutely absolutely and it was also for us like we we invested six months of our life building this baby and we didn't want it to see it die uh, because of some mistakes that were done that maybe we could have the answers very easily, right? So it's like, why don't we just help you transition you best way possible and uh, make it happen? It's also for us, let's say. That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad it all worked out. Well, I got to ask this. So, you know, from start to finish on Acquire.com, what was your favorite part? What was maybe a light bulb moment or maybe like a holy shit moment? Or The holy shit was the letter of impact. That was the big holy shit. Uh, I remember I was I was in Abu Dhabi in in, in a conference back back then, um, and my my partner is in is in Barcelona. So we we actually created a whole startup in, in remote. Um, so I immediately called him like shit, like you know, like remember acquire.com? Like yeah, like we listed like one month ago. Like we got an offer. What do you mean we got an offer? So that was a big holy shit moment. I 
everything got real all of a sudden. Before it was, let's see, you know, like we were not even like getting acquired. That's going to be impossible. Let's, we're planning, okay, when are we going to hire a first employee? When are we going to do this, that, that? Then from that moment, everything changed. So that was the whoa moment for us. There it goes. Once formal offers start coming in, that's when, you know, you're you're taking the the step towards actually getting acquired. So, And then in, in this process, I learned more than if I would have done an MBA. That's, you know, such valuable lessons and some such valuable things that I, I learned throughout the journey. Um, of course, from starting the company, but this from listing the company, speaking to people that are, you know, interested in this and, and going through the whole process. Like I didn't knew what an escrow was. I had no idea. I had to figure out all this stuff uh, and building a proper data room, speaking to buyers. That was a, it was literally studying an MBA in, in one month. It was fantastic. Did you ever, um, did you ever reach out to our um, support team or M&A advisory team? I did not. And I regret it now, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So for people listening, if you're, you know, Selling on acquire.com, you can reach out to our team and we'll review your listing. Um, we do LY reviews. We do a number of different things to just help you along the journey because yeah. as an entrepreneur, it's everyone's first time. Uh, there's a few that have sold like, I think the record on acquire.com is like 10 startups sold all in the yeah. small. Wow. I saw yeah. a podcast of, of three from a British guy. It was pretty incredible also. Yeah, sometimes I get on these podcasts and we're going to talk about one startup. And then before we start recording, they're like, oh, I've sold like these four other ones. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, here we go. And maybe you'll need to invite me in a year from now and we will do another one. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm planning so <laughs> Well, when you do, we'll help you out as a team so you get multiple, multiple offers. Yeah, because I filled out that part after. Like once the acquisition was done, then I started to even like browsing for looking for startups and stuff. I just out of curiosity, like there's so much things I could have done. And I was just like in my path thinking that I had to figure out all the steps. But Acquire.com, it's fantastic. Not only from the listing and like the marketplace connecting you with buyers, which is an amazing amount of buyers that, you know, like over 80 NDAs I got in a time period of, of 30 days. But all the knowledge that's there, I think it's it's unbelievable. It's literally you're building a, a business pool for, for acquisition. It's just incredible. I appreciate that. Yeah, I wish I, wish I had it. <laughs> it was a little harder for me. Um, yeah. But uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, when you're ready for that, that next business, um, let us know and, and we'll, we'll definitely help you. And yeah, you know, after this, uh, after this, uh, like I've been reached out by a lot of my old friends and uh, like old colleagues that are having ideas, pitching me ideas and wanting to start things with me. And um, and I'm all over the place and I'm loving it. You know, I'm, I'm already starting different businesses in different industries from, from music to again in education and other parts. Um, so definitely we're going to see each other again at one point, I think. Yeah, I think the best thing you did too was... Um, um, you know, finding a buyer that you really get along with. Yeah. Now, I always, I always recommend that on the first buyer call, just get to know the person, just get on the same page, just see if you two can work together because you said due diligence was 40 days. You can't do due diligence successfully with someone that you just don't get along with. Yeah, I've never seen it work. Goodwill is like such an important factor with 
acquisition. So I'm, I'm glad it worked out. It was um, one of the pillars. It was that trust pillar was for both of us extremely important. Um, and he, he said it at the end, like we, we had another call, like, man, I just trust you since the beginning. Uh, and like, it was, it was fantastic that we were able, able to build this. And I believe it was from also from my transparency and ingenuity and, and, you know, telling him what are we doing well, what are we not doing well, and just presenting the business overall in like, in a very humble and transparent way. That thing we connected very well along at the beginning. Yeah, there was a, a, a quick story. And then um, I want to know what you're, you're doing now, now that you've um, sure. sold this business. But uh, I was helping a, another founder with an acquisition. He had uh, two really strong offers. He actually had uh, multiple offers, but we narrowed it down to two with him. Um, one was priced about 20% higher or so. Um, I think it was at, let's call it like 2.5 million for the first offer and then 2.2 uh, for the other offer. And I strongly encouraged the buyer or excuse me, the founder to go with the lower offer because the I could just see the relationship between the two parties and it just felt like a perfect fit. The buyer had experience in that industry. They had great questions. They had a proposed due diligence schedule. It just, because when you get an LOI, they're not all created equally. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, you know, when you get an LOI, you know, factor in, you know, the probability of close as well, because you might go after that big extra 20%, um, or maybe it was like a 10% difference in this case, but it might not close, you know, you yeah. might go 40 days, and then the person that's not close. Capital, you're not getting along, something happens. Um, so I always recommend uh, also a pre LOI call where you just kind of get on the same page and say, Hey, I'm excited to, you know, sign this with you. But before I do kind of what's the plan? What are your expectations of me? How can I make this an amazing process? I just want to make sure that uh, this closes because I'm talking to the buyer. Um, but it all worked out for you. So it went for that one. Fantastic. Yeah. So what, do you oh, uh, what are you, what are you building? What are you building next? So, so I'm still, I mean, I'm still in my big startup, right? We're, we, in this beginning of this year, we raised uh, almost $1.5 million. So I'm, I'm the chief revenue officer here. Uh, but at this moment, you know, I've, I've kind of um, scaled at, at the point that I'm, I'm very comfortable with. I have a strong management team running operations. So I'm not running that much operations myself. So I'm kind of having a lot of free time to, to do other stuff. And I'm enjoying that part because I love to create things. Um, so I'm, I'm starting several things uh, one of the things that we have been doing in this last six months more or less is uh, is scaling up my family business which is uh, very cool and rewarding actually my dad is a writer and he's never had uh, a big success you know like uh, selling his his books it's just in like the traditional way uh just with editorials and this kind of stuff uh so my sister is a strong marketeer she's a head of marketing she's fantastic and i have that operations structure and, and scalable aspect so we came down to him and we built him like stop selling with agency stocks i sorry with uh editorials stop going to traditional libraries we set up a tiktok account for him an instagram account for him that was my sister with his with her creative um like thinking I created all the Shopify. I created his um, um, basically e-fulfillment in which we printed the books, we send it to the warehouse and it's everything automatized. Right now, my dad has 2 million followers in TikTok, 1 million followers in Instagram and is completely organic, blowing up. The, I mean, that's, insane. That's beautiful, man. That really insane. is. 
No, it's, it's, it's a story. It's, it's fantastic. Like my, my dad has money now after a lot of years of his life. He's, he's over 60 and he's a, a TikTok influencer selling hundreds of books per day. It's, it's amazing. Um, so that's something pretty cool. That is so awesome that you, you know, your father, you know, needed help business wise and yeah. writer, you know, because you, there's so many different skill sets that you need to successfully exactly. business, you need marketing, sales, like social media strategy, a story to tell. Um, and I love how you just, you know, you're, you're helping your father out um, to make him successful because yeah. of all the success you've had building startups. It's awesome, man. Yeah, we connected, like my sister and I connected very fast. Like, like because we, and with my sister is also very entrepreneurial. It's like, we need a product. It's like, our dad is the product. Let's product him. Let's market him. We have, like, he has all the books. He has all the stuff. He has the story. He's a great communicator, but he has never done that. He didn't know what TikTok was, right? Um, so it was fantastic. Now he's very successful, very happy. And it's a, it pays off. It really pays off at that family personal level. Um, but then, of course, I, I'm doing other stuff. Um, still nothing concrete, like just in the ideation stage. And once... Christian, my co-founder of Studia, uh, finished his three months tenure at, uh, with the new buyer. We definitely going to do more things because for him, it was his first entrepreneurial experience. He came from a very traditional insurance background uh, and seeing him, you know, like thrive in this, in this aspect and the freedom that this brings also for him, right? Like he got more money with this acquisition than his annual salary last year. Like, and now like half of the year, he can chill a bit, he can you know, be with his family, with his friends, with his wife. Yeah, so it's, it, it's an experience. You, you got to write a book about his book, you know, because, you know, yeah. a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs, when they're successful, you know, they'll help their parents out financially. But what you did is you helped him build a business and, you know, help yeah. him create his own revenue stream. And along the way, I'm sure you, you both grew closer. And and the rest it was and he's making way more money than me now. Way more money than me. Like, this, <laughs> is, this is inspiring to me. Like, this is awesome, man. Yeah, I'll send you the his TikTok account later. It's uh, fantastic. That's awesome. Well, JM, um, thanks so much for, for coming on the podcast. Your your story is amazing. And Thank you, Andrew. Congrats on, on the acquisition and uh, just everything you're doing. I'm rent for you, man. So um, if people want to get a hold of you and just learn more about your story or the current company that you're focused on, where can they find you? Um, so, you know, I used to work at LinkedIn myself during five years. So the best place uh -huh. is definitely LinkedIn. Yeah, I answer faster. Yeah, I answer faster in LinkedIn than on a WhatsApp message or or anything else. So you know you can find me there. It's a very long traditional Spanish name. My name is Joan Manuel Sanchez. So I mean, if you look for Studia or Educate or my name, you'll definitely find me, and uh, we can have a chat. I'm always available for speaking with anyone. We'll put it in in the show notes. Well, JM, you're you're a legend. Appreciate you coming on and uh, enjoy your evening. Thank you, Andrew, and congratulations also for you because you made it very easy for us to be successful. So and that's something to be proud of. Appreciate that. Don't, don't thank me. Thank my team. They built everything. Absolutely. Really hey, <laughs> great, man. All the way. All right. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Startup Acquisition Stories podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, make sure to like and follow on your preferred channel. If you know a friend or colleague that's thinking about selling their startup and don't know where to start, please share it with them. For more information on Acquire.com and how we can help you start conversations with serious buyers with acquisition targets ranging from 50,000 up to 50 million or more, check us out at Acquire.com. We'll see you next time.